With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. He'll get you the sports any way that he can. It's Mike Francis on the fan. Sports Radio 66 and 101.9 FM. From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesa on the fan on this Tuesday, the ninth day of May. A big hockey game tonight, so we'll do our hockey guys, Micheletti and Pierre. We'll do some uh, basketball with Ira Windman later on, uh, too, as we get a little deeper into the playoffs and sit and wait for uh, Golden State and uh, Cleveland to uh, find a couple of partners to dance with until they finally meet. So we have uh, that coming up. And again, it was a good baseball night as the Yankees continue to just knock out, you know, basically double-digit runs every time they turn around uh, as they continue just to hit and hit and hit. The uh, short rest in terms of the long game into the short trip uh, to Cincinnati didn't hurt them as they uh, jumped out in the first inning, scored early, scored often, and went on to an easy win. And it wasn't an easy one for the Mets who got a couple of big hits from guys who have really struggled in Grandison with the big double up the gap in left center, the uh, winning uh, game-winning hit by uh, Walker, and they're able to turn back the listless Giants who had jumped out early in the game on a Pence home run to start the uh, festivities. So the Mets, who had so many opportunities last night to break that game open, I mean so many, uh, that, that it was going to be one of those nights where you're going to be talking about how they just left a small village on base, but instead they were able to come back and win 4-3 so both teams go into tonight's festivities uh, and obviously this will be uh, Harvey apologized day and he obviously is the one getting the attention but I'll tell you there could not be a dumber take than he should be traded that makes absolutely no sense why would you ever trade a commodity when it is at its lowest point. What do you expect to get for him? You would get nothing right now. He is coming off major surgery for the second time. He is known to be disruptive in the clubhouse. He's known to be a prima donna. He has been getting pounded. No one even knows if he's healthy. He's a year and a half from free agency. You wouldn't get anything for him, and you're going to give him away? Could you make a dumber move? I mean, my God, thank God the people calling for that aren't, aren't running a club. You could not make a dumber move. Why would you ever do that? Are you going to try and tell me that Matt Harvey being on the Mets is going to be such a problem that it's going to disrupt their team? That's not true. Pitchers don't do that. Everyday players could do that. Pitchers if who, who act like that get ignored. They're pitchers. They play every one out of every five days. They're starting pitchers. You don't worry about him disrupting a team. He's not going to disrupt the ball club. He can disrupt on the day he pitches. 
All right, you can say that he can, you know, cause some headlines, but the bottom line is that's not why you get rid of him. You know, he's not going to take the rest of them, a very veteran team down. So unless it's just to the point where he's worthless and, you know, you have no reason to even carry him, where you just convinced that he just has no value ever again, and we're a long way from that, trading him would be the absolute dumbest thing you could ever do. What do you think you're going to get for him? You think somebody's going to give you something good? The answer is no. They'll take him, and you know what you're doing? You're getting something that you gave up nothing for and only has upside. You gave up nothing for him, and you tell him, Matt, listen, let's find out what this is about. We're we're welcoming you with open arms. They treated you terribly. Now go find out whatever it is you've lost. I'll take him in a second. Any team in baseball would. Why wouldn't you if you're not giving them anything for them? Because there's no downside, and it's all upside. I mean, come on now. I mean, that just makes, I mean, that just shows you that you have no skin in the game when you're going to, oh, trade him. Oh, trade him. Get rid of him. Get him off the team. Yeah, he's got to go. Got to go where? They don't have any pitching right now. You tell me right now they are going to reach into the pitching pool right now and get someone better than Harvey? The answer is no. They're going to get a guy who's got a 70 RA. That's what they're going to get. So why the heck would you ever even consider such a thing? Because you wouldn't. But it creates a headline. Ah, trade him. Get, rid of him. get him out of here. That's it. Throw him out the door. We're better the day he leaves. All right, fine. Then let's just go, you know, grab another pitcher who's, you know, never won two games in a row in his life and put him in a rotation. What you do is let him apologize. Let him eat dirt. Let him hopefully be humbled a little bit and then see if he can figure out what the heck's going on with him and get him back on the mound. And then you know what? Next year, you come to a reasonable term based on what he does this year, and then you put him in next year in his walk year, and you hope he throws the heck out of the ball, and then you wave and then you say goodbye. He's never going to be the part of this team going forward. And the only other option would be if he got on a hot streak this year and the Mets are out of it and he got on a hot streak and some team is willing to bankrupt its farm system to get him right now because they believe that he's all the way back. Then you know what? You entertain offers at that juncture. That could happen. But until you hit that fork in the road, which you probably will not hit, because what that would mean is Mets are out of it and Harvey's pitching really well. Unless you hit that, which is probably highly unlikely, then you just leave him alone and let him coexist here as he has. There's no thoughts of his future being with this team eventually, but he still has this year and he has next year, and he's got to pitch hungry because otherwise, you know what? He's going to get nothing in free agency that's going to give anybody any, you know, anything to write home about. And what he wants was what he's always wanted is he wants plenty of publicity and plenty of money. He's getting publicity, all for the wrong reasons, but he wants plenty of money, and he's not going to get it. But that's why you try to get a guy on his walk here to give you something. Right now, to trade him away for some nondescript guy you never heard of, 
just to get him out of here is the worst thing you could have possibly ever do. Makes no sense. They can't feel the rotation right now. They bring him alone in and put him in the rotation. He's looking at his numbers. You know, when you can't pitch on the Brewers, you know, you get the message. You're going to offer Matt Harvey to somebody for nothing? They would, they'd line up to take him. Wouldn't you? I would. Matt, you misunderstood. We know it. Come in here. Find yourself. Let's go. We gave up an A-ball player for you. What a joke. Let's go. Here we go. You know, and then let's deal with it for the rest of their lives here about how they traded him in the next year. He won 18 games. Not happening. Now, what has to happen is they got to get some guys in that lineup healthy, and they got to get some pitches that they can live with uh, because they're going to be without Syndergaard for a while. We don't know when Mads and Lugo are ever coming back, and they right now just don't have enough starting pitches to go around. But they need their offense to pick up, and the two of the guys who did pick it up last night, at least you know, coming up with a couple of big hits, Walker finally getting a hit late, and then Grandy pinch hitting the double was a good sign as he hit a ball up the gap in left center and uh, tied the game up. So the Mets get a win against a listless Giant team that just is terrible right now. While the Yankees continue just to fly very, very high, it has become a wonderful start to this season. Their numbers just exploding. You know, one guy after the other, next to the other. I mean, it's unbelievable. No matter who you put in there, you know. I don't know what they fed Hicks this year, but, you know, whatever it is, you know, keep it up. Hicks never looked like he could hit a lick, and he's hitting like a crazy man this year. I mean, what he's just been unbelievable. Wherever you put him in the lineup, whatever you want him to do, I mean, the guy's unbelievable. He's just like, he's unbelievable. You know, so are some other guys. I mean, they have so many guys with good numbers right now. It's crazy. But you know what? Just let it, let it continue. Just, you know what? Every day is another day. Every day is another deal out there. Boom. You know, Tanaka wasn't great. Yes, it didn't matter. If you're going to get 10 runs, not a lot's going to matter. That's for sure. Ten runs is going to basically cure all ills as far as the pitching goes. So the Yanks, one more game in Cincinnati before I'm sure they'll come home to a, uh, what would be, I'm sure, a, a rejuvenated Yankee Stadium. You would think there'd be some crowds with a first-place team coming in in the Astros. You got all the Jeter stuff to kind of pump the place up this weekend. So, uh, and it is Jeter number two for Tuesday today. So tickets to see the ceremony, uh, we have those too to give away. So you got a chance to get those, and those are hot tickets, obviously. So we got tickets to give away for that, so we'll get you uh, involved in all that, so we'll tell you a little more about what's going on with that. But that's a big deal, obviously, with what's coming up uh, on Sunday with the Sunday night game and the Jeter retirement ceremony and what is kind of Jeter's week. Uh, with the Yankees coming home Thursday night and then Friday night and then Saturday at 1 and Sunday, the ESPN game, uh, which will start a little early because the Yankees demanded it uh, on Sunday night, Mother's Day. As, uh, you know, Mother's Day was memorable many years ago. As a matter of fact, Mother's Day 1967, on a dreary May day, I don't know what midday it was in May, Mons can look it up, but uh, that's the day Mickey Mantle hit his 500th home run. It was on Mother's Day, 1967, on a just a day that's looked like every day May Day looked this year, cold and dank and dreary. 
and he hit a ball off Stu Miller into the lower deck in uh, right field for his 500th home run. And that was Mother's Day 1967. This is Mother's Day 2017, so do the math. Uh, it is 40, 50 years ago. So 50 years later to the day, Mother's Day. And that was uh, going to be May 14th. This year, Mother's Day will be May 4th. Wow, same date, huh? Wow, how about that? Both May 14th. So exactly 50 years to the day. So I'm sure on ESPN they will show you that a gimpy-legged mantle as he went around the bases. And, boy, he looked gimpy-legged as he went around the bases after depositing that ball in the lower deck in right field for his 500th home run on Mother's Day 1967. So the Yankees who can do that and do tradition better than anybody will be able to link the great mantle to the great cheater 50 years apart uh, on Mother's Day. And the Yanks weren't very good in 1967. They weren't supposed to be, and they weren't. They were coming off a last-place finish in 1966, two years removed from the seventh game of the World Series. They got old. They got brittle. They had little left. They had guys retire. They traded other guys away. A lot of the guys who had been so great in the 60s Yankees, Yogi was gone, Whitey was gone, Roger was gone, Bobby Richardson was gone, Tony Kubek was gone, Mickey was still there basically playing with a bunch of guys who weren't very good. And that team didn't surprise. This team, 50 years later, not supposed to be that good, is surprising in a very, very big way so far this year. So that should make that a fun series. And they will see Keuchel now. If we establish for sure that they will see Keuchel on Thursday, is that the plan? That is the plan? Okay, so we've seen him dazzle the Yankees before. I sat in the stadium a couple of years ago watching him pitch that. Uh, matter of fact, I took all you guys to the game, didn't I, that night when the Yankees basically couldn't get a hit? Yeah, uh, we were there. Oh, how bad was that night? I right? was eating lobster. Yeah, was they hit one. Yeah, Mons was in eating lobster, and Chris was just moaning. They, yeah, I was dying. Yeah, they basically hit two hard balls all night, you know, uh, in that game as they were embarrassed by the Astros and Keuchel in that playoff game. So we were all there for that, and now uh, Keuchel will be back in the stadium, and he'll be facing a very different Yankee lineup, one with a lot of life and a lot of youth and a lot of enthusiasm, and right now scoring runs in droves. So uh, that'll be the case. Uh, Should be an interesting weekend and a big one. Mets need to get out of town. Yankees can't wait to get home. That's the fate of the two teams right now. Quick break, and we'll get to the update, and we'll get everything rolling for this Tuesday.